Good morning, and welcome to Faith Walk with William Carroll. On this podcast, I talk about how God, I've seen him move in the lives of others, moved in my life, standing on the word, learning the word, speaking the word, and God does things with signs and wonders and miracles following. You know, there's miracles and signs all around us. You know, my main key point is let's take God out of the box. Quit thinking that that we serve a great big God that's able to do all kinds of things. And what he's done for others and what he's done in the past, he will do it for us. So listen, this morning, um, I wanted to start in Matthew 25, 31. Matthew 25, 31, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory with all his angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Matthew twenty-five thirty-five says, for I, was, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Matthew twenty-five forty-two says, For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, sick in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. This morning, I, I just wanted, I had the opportunity this weekend. I signed up for a Behind the Wall with Bill Glass to go into the prison and I signed up. It, it came up on my phone. It came up an email. I've gone before and since COVID got, it's kind of gotten crazy. You know, we're just, they're just now getting back, getting streamlining everything. And it, it came up Southeast Arkansas. And so I tried to sign up and I tried to sign up and my Wi-Fi at home's pretty bad. So I never could sign up and I didn't get signed up by the the last day it was on a sunday night and i tried and i tried and i tried and i thought it went the next morning you know i didn't see anything where i had got a a confirmation email so i i uh, i called and i said hey listen i tried and i tried and i tried to sign up but i couldn't sign up and i'm wondering you know if y'all if y'all got my application to go and um, they said, no, we, we didn't get it, but uh, we're going to extend 
the sign-up period because uh, we didn't have enough people to sign up. And so um, they were looking for 15 bikers, and they were looking for 50 uh, team members to go in. Uh, the, it was in Gowd, Arkansas, and there it's the Cummings uh, unit, and it has over 2,000 men in that unit. Now it has the they have three chaplains in that one. That's the first one I've been to, you know, that had more than one chaplain. But they had three chaplains in there, and uh, so I signed up. I got to go. I tried to talk some people into going with me. I tried to call some of my motorcycle buddies. Said, "Hey, look," but you know, it was it was it was um, the fall festivals. Everybody had fall festivals going on at their church or at their school or. They had their grandchildrens and all this, and and so uh, I just I said I you know I felt led to go in my heart. So I told my wife I said I said hey I feel led to go in my heart. I said um, you don't have to go. You can stay because they have a fall festival at their school, and she usually has something a part in that. And she said no, I, I want to go with you. And I said well it's going to be a quick trip because I want to be back for praise and worship at church Sunday morning. So we're going to have to leave Friday. And she got off at noon. I said, we're going to have to leave. We're going to have to get up there. They have a tailgate meeting where they, where they just encourage the team members. They feed them. They tell them the do's and the don'ts and the pros and the cons and all that stuff. And it was from 530 to 8. And uh, let's see, uh, Pine, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, from my house, is about uh, four and a half hours and that's straight through. You know, they don't account for you any time stopping and getting gas or stopping and eating. So we didn't get off into like we wanted to. We had some things come up, and we didn't get off by one. We we didn't get up. We got off about three thirty. And man, I mean, the time limit was saying that we was going to be there right at uh, eight o'clock. Well, it said seven thirty to we stopped for gas, and then. It, eight o'clock and I said man we're gonna have to I didn't have a contact number for him I said we're gonna have to fly we're gonna have to get up there we're gonna have to get there and and see if I can get my name badge and my packet to go in so we took off and uh, we you know we went through some rain in Texarkana and we had a little bit of rain here a little bit of rain there we and uh <laughs> we we pulled up at Pine Bluff at eight o'clock and they were locking the doors and i said hey is there anybody still in there and the lady that was sweeping outside she said oh yeah she said they're they're wrapping everything up in there and they're packing it all up and i said well can i get in i said i need to get in and i need to ask them for my packet she said well sure i'll let you in so i went in and i said hey y'all got well they couldn't find my packet they said no somebody else has it but it'll be there tomorrow and they said the 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 note says for us to be there at 7.45 in the morning, but it's wrong. You need to be there at 7. I said, okay, I'll be there at 7. So I got there. I left at 7. You know, it's a 30 mile, it's a thirty miles to Gowd. There's no hotel or nothing in Gowd. That's why you have to stay at, at Pineburn. So it's, it's 30 miles. So I jumped on the scooter, left out, and went down there that, and, and got to the got to the prison and, and they were there and, and uh, picked up my packet. It took us a while to check in. You know, you have to go through all kinds of security clearances and they've already run your driver's license and all that. But we went in and uh, <laughs> um, 
we finally got in and we were outside the yard. So we took our motorcycles in. It, there was four motorcycles. There was actually only nine team members. And remember I said that they wanted 15 bikes and 50 team members. So when we got in, we had four bikes and we had one NASCAR that won the uh, uh, Indian, uh, I think it was the Daytona 500 in 1993 it was a joe gibbs car and if i'm not wrong the driver was uh griff or joe griff maybe but um it came in there with us it beat dale earnhardt senior uh in that race and when it crossed the finish line it was doing 207 miles hey when we got in and the men were out there and he was revving that thing up you know it it sounded really good you know and he killed it and and the guy says oh that sounds good i said well that don't sound like nothing listen to this and i cranked up my scooter and i revved it up and i mean it was just it was pretty much near as loud as that car was and uh, they just go, dang, that thing is loud. I said, yeah, but it won't run 207 miles an hour because I've tried it. But anyway, um, listen, we had, we had, uh, we trained, we trained some of the people that that helped in chapel, that sang and worshipped in chapel with them, and was going through a Bible study there at the prison, and. So we had a little training period for them to show what we did because we all want to be on the same page. And um, we went out in the yard. We had 28 members then, so we were up pretty good. We had uh, two groups that came out, and they probably split them basically in half, you know. And we had 700 men on the yard at at two different times. Well, not 700 at two different times, 700 total. So we had, you know, 350 and 350 on the yard. Well, we had our speaker speaks. One lady, she was a uh, she. She was one of the first pro women's basketball players, and she was a little short thing, man. But feisty, oh my gosh, she was so good with those basketballs. She she could juggle three basketballs and an apple, and then take that apple and give give one of the inmates to bite it while she was juggling just real quick boop bite and keep going keep going it it was amazing she did amazing job and she was talking about in her message that you know everybody kept telling her tanya you cannot play basketball you're too short you're too short you're too short during high school during college and then when she went pro and you know she said she, she was telling everybody she said you know if you put your heart to it and you have God in your life, you can do anything. First off, you have to put your heart to what you want to do, and you have to do it for the right reason, and God will bless you, and you will be able to do it because that's your love, that's your desire. Where's your heart? Where's your heart at? And um, the guys, the men just loved them, you know. They just loved what was going on, and there was another guy that spoke, and he he spoke about his time in prison and how that, that it, he chose to do the right step every time. Once he got there, once he figured out and once that God had showed him that that he was leaving his life for himself and he turned and he asked God into his life, um, he started walking and doing what God would tell him to do. And he said every step that he listened to the Holy Spirit leading got him and he did what he wanted to do, he had he had life plus 30. They call it dirty 30, life plus dirty 30. Well, that means he was going to die in in prison, right? Well, he didn't die in prison. He got paroled 
and it was the state of uh, uh, Missouri, and um, he ended up working at the governor's mansion, serving, you know, serve as a server, as an inmate. And he went into the, the, the he helped the first lady with a computer problem. So she took him and put him in her office as one of her computer guys in the office. Next thing you know, he got paroled. I'm doing a real short version of this. He got paroled. They gave him parole, and she said, well, you know what? He, he's paroled. He needs a new life. He's got to have a car. So she went and bought him a car, and now he's on the outside living. He should have never been out, and now he's outside living. He's trusting God. He's going back. He's ministering to God. Now, the scripture we read a minute ago, it said, it said when did you feed me? He says, you know, um, blessed are you that feed me. When I was hungry, blessed that you that came and saw me when I was sick or when I was in prison. And, and they said, when did we see you in prison? When did we see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you, Lord? And he said, if you did it for the least of one of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. And see, us as Christians, that's what we have to do. You know, <laughs> I went to that prison and I, I went over there and, and the thing was that it ended up that there was a, a behind the walls, 30 miles from my house, 30 miles from my house, which I've been to twice before, but I didn't get to go because it never showed up. I never got the email on it or I'd signed up to been closer. Okay. Well, why did that happen? And I told them, I said, they said, they mentioned it. They said, Hey, in Henderson, uh, Boy, we had a good turnout today. They just sent us the, the totals of how many people were there. Well, they had 78 team members. Well, for Henderson, um, the organizer told me, he said, man, he said, it's, they signed up right before, I mean, as soon as we got it online because people in East Texas sign up. You know, they want to be a part of the ministry. They want to do something for God. And he said, in Arkansas, we're just starting out in Arkansas again. And see, and we just have to build our team. We have to reach out to people who have a heart to go in and, and to get them stirred up. And I said, man, Henderson's 30, it's 30 miles from my house. I said, I never saw it. He said, you didn't get the newsletter? I said, no, I never saw the newsletter on Henderson. And he said, well... He said, I'm just going to tell you this. He said, that's because God wanted you here. Well, listen, we got out in that yard. It was supposed to be 90% chance of rain. 90% chance of rain. My wife looked uh, before I left at 6 in the morning to head that way. And she said, oh, it's going to rain. You going to put your rain gear? I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I said, it's not going to rain. I said, I believe God can give us a window. So we prayed for a window that God would give us a window to min minister to the men's hearts and the men's life. And uh, when we got there, you know, it looked like rain. A lot of the people were saying, well, it looks like rain. I wonder if we're going to have to have it in the gym or we're going to have it outside. I said, no, we're not going to have it outside. We're going to have it outside. We're not going to the gym because God is going to give us a window. I said, man, I believe that God can do it and God can give us a window. The chaplain heard and the chaplain said, you know, guys, listen, this morning, he said, when I woke up, it's this 90% chance of rain. He said, so I started praying 
and I started asking. Me and my wife said, Lord, give us a window. I said, man, that's a confirmation from the word of God, chap. I said, because that's the same thing I prayed. I said, and I believe God's going to do it. He said, I do too. He said, you know, God's able to turn the rain away and send it to the north or send it to the south and give us time to minister to these people. Then it can rain all at once afterwards. I said, right on, chap. And uh, everybody agreed in us. And we even prayed again for a window to get it done while we was in the chapel before we went outside. When we went out on the yard and we started ministering to the men, uh, it didn't rain. And let me tell you, the men came up and they just were so, their faces, they were so sad. They were so depressed, you know, and some of that, some of that is a, a, can be depressing when you're locked up behind bars and your life as you know it has changed. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it, it, it can be depressing and you're looking at however many years you're looking at. And listen, when you go in, it's almost like dying because when they lock those doors behind you, I'm going to tell you, your life has changed. Your life as you know it has changed and it has stopped. Because life in there is nothing like life on the outside. But a lot of times, the life on the outside that we had was not a life at all. And that's what led us, those steps led us to where we are when we end up incarcerated. You know, addiction is the same way. You know, the, the, if we are in addiction and we're not freed in our addiction on the inside and we don't become a new creature created in Christ Jesus, then we are in a prison even though we're outside the jail. So uh, we just, we had a great time. We had two two different sets of men that come out. And um, listen, just to tell you what happened, we had, uh, we had the 700 men that came out on the yard, thank God, because they didn't have to come. There was 2,000 men at this uh, unit altogether. And um, 700 come out, and we had 200, and if I got their numbers right, it's either 283 or 263 um, inmates that made commitments to the Lord. Now, we talked to 700, and we shared the gospel with 700, and we even shared one-on-one in groups with them. And, um, and so uh, they had the opportunity to hear about God, to hear about the Word of God. They had the opportunity to, to pray and ask God to be to come into their heart, to forgive them of their sins. And out of those that, that were there, the 700, we had 263 or 283 that made commitments. And 100 or so, uh, 107 of those commitments were first-time commitments. They had never trusted Jesus in their life. They'd never asked him up. You ought to seen the men's faces. You know, we even had some that came out that were, uh, were of the religion of Islam, and you could see them at the back, but as, as, as they were listening and as they were hearing the messages that was being spoke, their whole continents change. And you said, oh yeah, but they're not believers. They didn't pray the prayer of faith. They didn't ask Jesus in their heart and change. No, they didn't. But guess what? Their whole continents changed. They knew something was different. Something, there was a, a newness of life. And they began smiling. And he said, the chaplain said, I know those guys because I, I have to minister to them as being a chaplain. And he says, I'm going to tell you what. He said, their faces 
we're changed. And um, he and I was talking about it, and I, I, said, I said, Chap, that's because seed was planted in their heart. We planted the seed in the heart because Jesus said the seed is the word of God. And when the word of God is planted in the heart, it's going to produce a harvest. Now, it may not be a big harvest. It may fall on good ground and the birds might pluck it up. It may, uh, uh, it may fall on stony ground and come up and then fade out, but it's going to come up. And so I said, you know, that's the first start. The first start is them making a step, coming out listening to the word of God, hearing the word of God and that seed, um, that seed planted in their heart. So um, I just praise God for that. I know God is going to do something with that. And the three chaplains that were, that was there, I'm going to tell you, they are, they are men of God to visit with them, to talk to them. Uh, the warden was out on the yard the whole time we were there. And I got to meet the warden and got to talk to him. Listen, that warden is a man of God. He want to see those men come to Christ. He want to see those men change their life, you know, because some of them, some of them may not ever get out. Some of them may never get out. They may be there forever. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So whether they're locked up or they're outside, they need to be free inside. Inside what? Inside their heart. Whether you're locked up in jail or whether you're outside and you're a prisoner of your addictions, you're a prisoner of, of what you've done, the crimes you committed outside the jail or inside the jail, you need to be set free. And there is a freedom and a liberty in Christ. You know, that's what he came for. But listen, Jesus also wants us. He wants us to be his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears, and his heart. Most of all, his heart. He wants us to share and to serve and to go into jails to those that are sick. If we hear a friend sick, let's go, let's go see him. Let's go visit him. Let's lay hands on the sick and pray for him. That, that's what it says in Mark 16. Lay hands on the sick and, and they which shall recover. You know, and we, we had an episode about that, so I'm not going to go into that right now. But I just want to ask you, listening to this podcast, you know, have you trusted Christ? Have you trusted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into his heart? Romans chapter 9 says that he that believes, if you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you confess him with your mouth, you shall be saved. Now, I know people say there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. Okay, well, what's that? That's where the sinner's prayer, uh, Romans uh, 10 and 9, is where the sinner's prayer that, that we take it comes from, it says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he paid the price for your sins and you confess him with your mouth, you shall be saved. So listen, if that's you right now and you want to, uh, you, you say, listen, because I know when I first heard that, man, my heart started leaping. I said, oh, I, I, I need to do that. So I just fell on my living room floor on my knees and I said this. I said a prayer. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that you, that you paid the price for my sins. I believe, Lord, that you are the Son of God. And I confess you with my mouth right now. And I know that I know I shall be saved. Now listen, confession is part of it. 
That was one confession. Now listen, you go and you confess and you tell others because I know that if you prayed that prayer, it, I know your heart's just leaping. You, you can feel, I mean, it feels like a lightning bolt going through you. There's an excitement. Well, that's not emotion. That's not emotion. That's been born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. That's what he told Nicodemus. Nicodemus said, do I crawl up in my mother's womb again? I'm an old man. Jesus said, no, don't be foolish. You know, you can't go back in your mother's room, but you got to be born of the blood and of the spirit. You got to be born again, knowing that we, in our sins, the wages for our sin is death. You know, the wages of our sin is death, but life and peace through Jesus Christ and through the work that he did upon the cross. Now I'm going to jump on off of here and I'll come back again and, and listen, I love you. And uh, I, I just pray that, that God is stirring you up to take him out of the box because that's he's tired of being in there. He's tired of living in the box. He's tired of us going to church and thinking God's in the church. No, God's, God's wherever you take him. So get him out of the box. Dust him off and let's go. Let's go visit those in prison. If you've never been, go. It's not a scary thing. It's not a fearful thing. It may be at first, but once you get in there, you'll see those men came to hear what we had to say. It was amazing what happened. Listen, God loves you and so do I. Until next time, this is William signing off.